Welcome to the Rethrive Podcast. I'm Monique Fisher, and there is no coincidence that you're here. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, my peeps? In this episode, I wanted to chat about my backstory a little bit and how I got to this point in my life. Um, of recording podcasts, of business, of family, of love. Um, So in the last episode, we spoke about love and what it is and what it's not. So a little bit more about that. Um, I was actually born into a religious family, a really strict religious family. Um, And for those of you who don't know um, the religion Mormons or Mormonism, um, I suggest you go and Google it because pretty messed up but that's just my opinion um but yeah being a mormon has definitely well it definitely changed my life it got me to the point that i am today so growing up it meant that you know from the ages of zero to 16 um i guess in a sense you're brainwashed to believe certain things about God, about love, about what family is, um, basically all aspects of life and your brainwash into believing that certain things are true. And for myself, I think from about the age of eight years old, I just never really understood any of it. It never really made sense to me. It all sort of came um, out, I guess, as I was older um, and I, you know, I guess, rebelled in my parents' eyes and, you know, turned away from the church and and went off and did my own things. And it was just because I wanted to search for what else was out there because what I was taught as a child didn't make sense to me and it didn't really click with me. Like, you know how there's times where you just feel like you're in alignment with it, like with something, and you just know in your heart and deep in your soul that it's where you're meant to be at that moment? Um, well, unfortunately, growing up, none of that was like felt right for me. Um, and that's not to discredit any of my family that is still part of it. That's not to discredit any people that absolutely love God and love religion um, and, you know, take it to their grave and think that it's the most truest thing in the world. But just for me, it's just not for me and that's just who I am. And it's taken me a long time to be okay with that because, for so long being a Mormon was part of my identity and so breaking away from that meant that well essentially like I lost everything of myself I was I chose to remove myself from it and through that I was stripped bare of all sense of self and I had no idea who I was um, I think I fell into I guess a bit of a deep dark depression state for a few years there where I just I guess was sort of trying to find myself and rebuilding myself and really I guess figuring out what it was that I believed in and what what it was that I what it was that set my soul on fire and what I did to enjoy my life Um, and that's and then for anyone who's gone through that and I think quite a lot of people have gone through that in some way shape or form it's quite a testing time. Like I know for myself and I don't share this with people often, but I know for myself through that time I was suicidal because you just think that you're worthless and that you, that you don't have anything or anyone worth living for. 
Um, and that's really, really sad because at the end of the day, we're all here to be loved and we're all here to love. And so feeling that way, it was just like I look back now and think, wow, if only I could tell 21-year-old Monique. And, I mean, I'm only 30, so it's only been nine years, but if I could only tell 21-year-old Monique like what I knew now, that she didn't have to go through that and that she didn't have to suffer for that long, um, you know, I think my life would have been totally different. But I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason and I think that there's a reason as to why I have only sort of, I guess, you know, learnt what I've learnt at every stage. So, yeah, that's just how it works, baby. Um, so basically from, yeah, born into a religion that was extremely strict um, and I'm talking strict like we couldn't go swimming on Sundays, we couldn't drink tea or coffee, we couldn't watch TV on Sundays, um, we couldn't go to the shops on Sundays, we couldn't go to friends' birthday parties, play sports, um, basically anything that was fun, I guess, in my eyes and in my opinion, uh, we were sort of refrained from doing because Sunday was the Lord's Day and everything to do with that day and basically your whole life, not just Sunday, but it just amplified on Sundays, but everything in your whole life basically you had to do for God. And so once again, that sense of, I guess, worthlessness because, you know, never being worthy in the eyes of God because you're always messing up and you're always, you know, just, yeah, you're just not good enough for God's love. Um, and that's, I guess, been a program that I had been running on for so many years um, into my adulthood. And that has been the root of a lot of my issues that I just never felt worthy of love and um, worthy of anybody's time. I would always put myself last. Um, I know in the last episode, I spoke of my physical health. And I know right now in this time, like putting myself last meant that you know, I didn't exercise for myself. And so here I am, like probably at least, you know, 15 to 20 kilos overweight because I haven't put my physical health first. And I know for me, that's something that really does help me. And so getting back into that's been quite a challenge because once again, you're programmed to believe that what's the point? What's the point of exercising? What's the point of taking care of yourself? Because at the end of the day, you're still not worthy and it's still never going to be good enough. And I know a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people in my job now and a lot of people feel the same way, which is really sad because it doesn't matter whether we grew up in religion or not. We unfortunately have all been programmed in the in very similar or somewhat the same way of we're not good enough and we're not worthy. So it wasn't until I was about 16 that I decided to, you know, just do what normal teenagers did and go out and drink and party and have fun. And my parents, obviously, that was against um, the church guidelines and, and what we were taught. So that was really hard for them, I guess, because I was just a bit of a crazy teenager who wanted what I wanted and I thought I knew everything, as teenagers do. And I actually... Um, felt when I was 18 years old, I met my oldest daughter's dad and we decided to have a baby together. And so at 18, 
I mean, you don't really know much at all, if I'm honest. I look back now and think, wow, that was incredibly stupid. But obviously I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but at that age I decided that, yeah, sure, why not? Let's have a baby. And he was only 21. And so having a baby, a falling pregnant, I pretty much fell pregnant straight away. I was so fertile back then. And having a baby and falling pregnant was one of the biggest life-changing moments for myself, obviously, because for me then I was forced to grow up and I was forced to then really look at my belief system and my upbringing and really think to myself, is that how I wanted to bring up my own child? Is that how is, uh, is that what I wanted to teach her, those teachings? Um, and I actually did um, at a certain stage of my pregnancy, I separated from my partner at the time, so my daughter's father, and I just knew that it wasn't the right thing. Um, and unfortunately, we parted ways. But at the same time, I felt this incredible lift in this weight off my shoulders that, you know, it was the right thing to do and that I just had to sort of follow. Fortunately, I've always been able to follow my gut in my life circumstances and I haven't always really known what that meant until now um, but fortunately I've always just followed my gut and really realized that you know what's right for me is what's right for me and sometimes it's the hardest decision to make but I make it and I just take that plunge and it fortunately all works out. So separating from him meant that once again I was a single mother, I was living at home with my parents still because I was still a teenager um, and so what did I do because of my programming? I went back to church and I went back to church and I, it sounds so silly to say it, but I prayed for God's forgiveness and, you know, prayed that I was worthy again and enough to be able to go back to church and live the teachings and um, live my life, you know, in holiness and in fullness. And, and if I'm honest, um, for that time of my life, that was my truth for me. And so it's funny because when I came away from it and when I left, I guess, the church, I was triggered by everything to do with church. I didn't want to hear about God. I didn't want to hear about Mormons. I didn't want to participate in anything. Like I was just so triggered by everything to do with religion. And so obviously I'm not now, but um, – so back then, like I said, that, that was my truth. I was living in my truth and that was being part of that religion as a Mormon because, you know, I used to get people saying to me like, oh, my God, what you're just glowing. What have you been doing? Like you just – and I knew that, like I said, I was just in alignment at that time in my life. And so I look back now and think – you know, it was okay. Like I used to hate that that was my upbringing. I used to hate that that was part of me and I used to try and remove it and I was so embarrassed to talk about it. But I now like relish in the fact that that was how I grew up and that was just what it was and I couldn't change that and I was never going to change it. So to be able to look back at it and go, okay, well, I was living in my divine um, truth at that stage and I was glowing, you know, people tell me that all the time. And I just, I was just vibrating on such a high level of love. And I think it stemmed from, no, not I think, I definitely know that it actually, it stemmed from loving myself. I was in such a good headspace at the time. So 
if anything, remove the religion aside, I was just so in love with myself that, and not in a selfish way, but I was just so in alignment with myself and, and what I, how I was living my life that I was just glowing and that I was beaming. So fast forward to 2010, um, where late 2010 in November, uh, I met Darren, my now husband. And so Darren actually wasn't a part of the church. He wanted nothing to do with it. He was so far from it. Um, he actually worked with a girl at church and she basically set us up on a blind date. So she gave him my number. He, uh, she gave me his number and basically said, Hey, you know, Oh, this guy really wants to date you. And she said the same thing. Hey, this girl really wants to date you. And so either of us were sort of just like, um, okay, what's going on anyways. And from that first message that he sent, um, the rest honestly has been history. And we, you know, I knew there was something different about him and I know that sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. Uh, when you know, you know, and you know, we were engaged after three months. We were married after 11 months. And when, like, going through that time, obviously, he met me at a time where I was living in my truth with the religion for so long um, that it was hard for me to break those habits. And so I'm not saying that he was this, you know, devil in sheep's clothing and pulled me away from it because I know that, unfortunately, that's how a lot of other people saw it. But if anything, in my eyes, it was like it was like this way out because, once again, I always knew deep down inside that it wasn't for me and it wasn't the way that I wanted to live my life. And so latching onto him like this, like he was like this anchor and he was going to pull me out, um, I mean, it sounds so silly now that I say it now, but that was just how it was. And so there was so much drama and so much chaos within that because my family didn't understand what I was doing. His family didn't understand what he was doing. He'd just come out of a, a previous marriage and wasn't actually even divorced yet, might I add. So, you know, separated. It was just a, a full-on situation. We both had kids from previous partners and they were both the same age um, at the time. And so in true Monique fashion, like myself, um, I went hard and fast and just jumped into it like I always do, um, like having a baby and, yeah, you know, go, 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 let's do this. And, you know, got whipped up in all of the, the hype and the, the drama of everything. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, for a time there, uh, when I came away from it, I was just in this deep, dark, depressive state because I knew it's what I wanted, like deep down, but I was, it was so ingrained in me and I was so conditioned to think certain things and to think a certain way about society and about life. Well, hello, Pickabos. Um, that, I just didn't know how to think any different and it was really, really hard for me because um, Darren and I clashed had so much over it because obviously for him it was just it was just all a joke. He didn't, you know, 
he didn't like the religion at all and I can see that now and I can understand that it must have been extremely hard for him but at the same time here I was choosing to step away from something that I'd been brainwashed into believing my whole life from birth. So a few years passed and we had another child so we've got three in total now um, and after her, uh, after my youngest child, Milani, was born, I was about 24 years old and I love my mother so much but I just knew that as a mother myself now, I just couldn't be the stay-at-home mum that she was. And, I mean, I'm the youngest of seven kids so she did an incredible job at keeping the house clean, cooking, you know, having food on the table, cleaning, like washing. She did an incredible job. So shout out to you, mum, because you're a rock star. And so I just knew for myself that that wasn't my calling in life and albeit I love being a mother, it just wasn't what I was put here to do solely. And I know some people are and that's totally okay. So for myself, I remember sitting on the couch one day in our old house and just Googling online beauty therapy courses. Beauty therapy, why? I have no idea, but it just stood out to me and I looked up a few courses and just it kind of just fell into my lap. Once again, that was sort of like the first stage where this like personal and spiritual development really started because I just really, I guess, honed in on my intu- intuition and was able to just really allow things to flow to me and through me. And so going through that, um, I remember someone saying to me at the start of the course like when I enrolled and I was all excited about it and I remember them saying that, oh, you know, be prepared to get over it, be prepared to get sick of it like halfway through. And I remember like getting to halfway and, and that was about the point that we started sort of the massage um, component of the course and I thought, I remember thinking to myself like, well, I don't get it. Like hmm, I thought I was supposed to be sick of it by now. And if anything, my love for beauty therapy and for what I was doing just grew and grew and grew and I just wanted to continue doing it more and more and more. And so it was just incredible. I, I obviously finished that course and I was fortunate enough to start my own business from home um, and that business was called Revive Spiral Beauty. And from there it just it was slow and steady but I just really enjoyed every single moment of that and just really put my everything into it. It was my passion and I just, you know, I that came out in every single way, shape or form. And so it was just amazing that I was able to, I guess, help people in that way um, because beauty therapy goes far, way far beyond the beauty component of it. Um, it's definitely more so therapy in my opinion because, you know, people would come into the room and they'd tell you some pretty heavy and deep stuff and you just take it in and you just process it and you're just there to be a listening ear. Sometimes you're there to give your advice, not always, but, you know, it's just, it's this amazing sort of, yeah, like I guess there's no other word for it, just therapy for people to come in and to offload. And so to be able to create create that space for people, um, I guess that made me feel really special because I was able to be that person that just, was there to listen and I was that sounding board. And so for a time being, I didn't understand the, um, I guess, the power that I had to be able to allow people to open up in that space. And so for a time, I, I actually 
without knowing I'd take on all this energy and, and I was this dumping ground for all of these people's problems and complaining and venting and all that stuff. And so there was like probably the first year or two of, of the business, I just got extremely exhausted and drained. And it wasn't until I started um, a Facebook business course actually that I really started to realise like I got into more of like I've watched The Secret and I'd read more about the law of attraction and I'd read a lot about energy and how energy is everything and energy is everywhere. And so knowing that, I then sort of went on to, um, I guess, seeking out how I could save my energy yet still be there for those people and hold that space for them. Um and I guess, you know, be that sounding board. And so I developed ways for myself to sort of, I guess, switch off at the end of the day so that I wouldn't, um, you know, feel drained of that energy and whatnot. And, I mean, still to this day, sometimes it's still, you know, sometimes you have your days where it's still pretty hard to be able to do that. But the majority of time, like I said, you sort of learn the way to, um, you know, not take on other people's shit basically because some stuff is just – too much to handle and it's not it's not my position to take on that um it's their problems it's anyway and if they want to change them it's up to them to change them I'm happy to listen but at the same time the person I am now um I'll call you out on your bullshit I'll tell you if you're being a victim and I will you know help you through that and it's up to you if you want to change or if you want to continue to hold on to that um pain and suffering so we'll talk about that more in another episode so basically, uh, fast forward to 2019, which is this year, and um, yeah, the start of this year, we well, we hired an employee at the end of last year, and um, she unfortunately only stuck around for about six months, which is totally fine, but a massive learning curve for myself, um, and a lot of personal development through that, in the sense that I just really learned the type of person I was, because obviously I was responsible for somebody else, so I had a lot of um, healing and a lot of refocusing and realigning to do in that um, in that I guess because there was a lot that I needed to change because I wasn't the best person I could be for that person and I didn't shop the best I could so fast forward to the beginning of 2019 so when she left I remember turning to Darren and saying look what what do we do now like what you know, this is our chance to, if we want to change things up, um, you know, what direction do we want to go in? And I said, you know, what about, like, I've always wanted to study my diploma of remedial massage. What about you? Like, do you want to do it with me? I found this, once again, just found this course, like just Googled it. It fell into my lap and I was just like, this is perfect. This is what we can do together. And so we enrolled together in our diploma of remedial massage. So, Studying as, as husband and wife, the same course, um, it's definitely had its ups and downs. But at the same time, I think it's amazing because we can bounce off each other and we can really just um, be there for each other when we need to. It was probably a few months into our studies that we thought to ourselves, like, and I thought to myself, look, you know, this really isn't working for me. I loved what I was doing still and I loved having the business, but there were just certain things and certain aspects of it that were really draining for me and that just really wasn't 
in alignment for myself and I could feel it. Um, Darren could feel it and he came to me one day and said, look, like just something needs to change, something's going to give because you're not yourself, you're not happy, you know, you complain about everything on a daily basis and this is just this just isn't working for us. So something needs to change and, you know, I thought, you know, and he, he asked, posed me the question like what do you really want to do? And I was like, well, I just love massage. Like I don't know what else, you know, like that's what I really want to do and I just – I just wanted to really focus on one thing rather than like for my whole life I've been good at everything, master of nothing. And so rather than being a jack of all trades, I just wanted to focus on one or two things and that was it. And so I actually started a I actually started a life coaching course. Shout out to my coach Lani. I started a life coaching course in June. And so that seriously has changed my life forever. And that is part of the reason as to why I'm here today because um, it's just really helped me and pushed me to do the things that I genuinely want to do and that genuinely light me up and make me feel incredible. And so from there, we made the decision to close down our beauty business and rebrand and restart a massage practice. And so rethrive to us is all about the reignition of yourself and your body. So it mainly focusing on your reconnection to your pleasure center, the sacral chakra. So I love my chakras. Um, and if you don't know much about the chakra, seven chakras, just Google them. Um, so the sacral chakra, unblocking your emotions that have been stored in your body for way too long, causing you pain and suffering emotionally and physically. So this practice is also known as tantric healing. And it's something that we're definitely excited to launch into our business further down the track because I think that um, I myself, having suffered from so much sexual shame and guilt in the past and growing up in the religion that I grew up in, um, anything to do with sexuality was just terrible. It was so bad to talk about. Like we didn't even talk about it. Um, and so I suffered from that for a long time. And so for us now, like I know for myself that being able to heal from my sexual shame and guilt if I had that, then so many other people had that too. And so it's up to me to really, really help people in that regard. And so that's basically up to speed as to where we're at today. So we'll be launching Tantric Healing in the next few months. Um, we are doing a few short courses and um, online things there and just really delving deep into the healing part of body work because I think that at the end of the day it's so important to be connected to our bodies because that is when we're living in that true love vibration and that true alignment. So I'll leave it with you there. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll chat to you guys again soon. Bye.